Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she, them pronouns. And I'm Nirali Shatha, I use she, her pronouns, and it's 2021. Woo! New year. New year, new... No, same old podcast. Not that much is changing at all, actually. Yeah. But I've already eaten the fruit today, so, like, I'm doing great. I've had coffee. <laughs> yep, that's the energy we're bringing into 2021. <laughs> ah! Um, we will also be bringing a new podcast episode every Wednesday this 2021, uh, with the exception of some holidays. So, also not a change. If you want to help support us in our mission to bring you a new episode every Wednesday, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. The holidays are over, but it's still technically Christmas. We are on the, which day of Christmas are we on? The 8th or ninth day of Christmas? Yeah. And I think it's going to be the 12th day of Christmas when this episode comes out. Mm, or no, the true. 11th day of Christmas. So we will take eight ladies dancing or 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 money. Yes. I mean, look, you will... You are a good person and pay performer as well, obviously, because you know artists deserve payment for their work. So instead of doing that, please just give us money. You are our true love. <laughs> so you should give us. I just want to I just want to on the record that on your left does know that the 12 days of Christmas starts on December 25th and isn't the 12 days before Christmas because that's Advent. Not the 12 days. Okay. No, I think I think you're right. Um, because the 12 days of Christmas are the days of between Christmas and Three Kings Day. And yes. being married to a Puerto Rican, he cares very much about Three Kings Day. Yeah. I technically don't have a horse in this race. I am not Christian. Or, you know, anything. I just want people to be to not to not keep saying that the 12 days of christmas are the 12 days before christmas it is not a countdown it is a countdown to three kings day but okay yeah i'm done you just want to be right i just want to be are. right <laughs> i want the people to know that i am right <laughs> let's move on to our first story of the day which is covid updates because Nobody seems to be right about anything going on right now. No. So, um, in Los Angeles County, the latest surge of COVID-19 is affecting a new person every six seconds in LA County. At the current rate that immunization is going so far, the new vaccines offer a little hope for slowing the newest surge of the pandemic. Um, in a recent interview, Mayor Eric Garcetti delivered the news that we are at a pace right now to deliver the vaccines in L.A. over five years instead of over half a year, which is not good. Um, yeah, and uh, since the last podcast, I've been personally affected by the things going on in L.A. County regarding COVID, so I am hissed as all hell. Yeah, um... And in our latest episode, we talked about the federal government's goal to have 20 million people receive their first shot of the vaccine by the end of 2020, 
As a reminder, for both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, you need two shots in order to be protected to the highest extent that the vaccine can offer you. Um, unfortunately, as of December 31st, 2020, more than 14 million doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were sent out across the United States. But according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, only 2.8 million have received their first dose. That's 2.8 out of 14. Yeah. And we wanted 20 million people vaccinated. And 14 million still, I would have thought we were doing okay. Honestly, if we had everyone who had gotten sent a vaccine actually got vaccinated. 14 million people vaccinated? That's a lot of people. 2.8 million people is not enough. Okay, so uh, just for comparison, New York City, as of 2019, was home to over 8.3 million people. So not even a quarter of New York. It's, it's not enough people. It's 2.8 million people isn't covering anyone. It, it's, it's not covering the very elderly. It's not covering people in nursing homes. It's not enough vaccines to get all of the healthcare workers and first responders covered. It is an embarrassment to have had this time and then not be able to roll out the vaccine in a timely and efficient manner. We have had, like, um, America has had a lot of time to prepare for this vaccine because um, even before the CDC approved the vaccine, England approved the vaccine, like great, uh, the UK approved the vaccine. And from then, the US government should have pre been preparing for a vaccine rollout. And as as the federal government does nowadays, they dropped the ball and decided to let states do the rollout. Public health experts have been saying that this slow vaccination rollout is due to the federal officials completely leaving details of the final stage of the vaccine distribution process like scheduling and staffing to overstretched local health officials and hospitals many of whom were already struggling to treat the latest influx of COVID-19 patients. We've had a whole year to prepare for this. Yeah. Going, going back to LA County, there are no hospital beds in LA County. There just aren't. And you think that those doctors and nurses and other hospital staff members are able to both care for their current patients and also roll out a vaccine. Like, it is asking hospitals to do the impossible. There just, there isn't enough people because everybody who is working in healthcare is already overworked from having too many patients fighting a deadly disease, along with every other patient that needs medical help. Mm -hmm. Because cancer didn't take a year off, the flu didn't take a year off, every other disease we were already dealing with still exists. And those people still need help and medical treatment. And there just aren't enough people that know how to give vaccines 
to actually vaccinate people while we're dealing with all of this other stuff. It's too much to ask hospitals to to do this. And it's too much to ask local governments to do this when they are trying to... I don't know. It's like... It's like if you have a leaky roof and one person is holding a bucket to try to catch all the water and someone else is yelling at you from across the room telling you, oh, just go up there and like stop the like and fix the roof. Meanwhile, you're just trying to catch the water like. That other person over there is a is a licensed roofer who is supposed to fix the roof and is yelling at you to do it while you're just trying to live your life and catch the water. Yeah. Um, I also really like the, the store metaphor that a lot of people have been using this year, that we're all in the same storm, but we have very different boats. Um, and so when you're in this boat, one thing you have is a valve that takes water out of the boat and puts it back into the ocean. This is a new fancy thing. We used to use buckets just while we were sinking. And we are all just furiously trying to get water out of the boat so we can survive. And because we're all focused on that, nobody can take the time to stop and repair the boat because we are in an immediate urgent situation and we don't have time to fix the root cause because we're just trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And there are people who can repair the boat while yeah. everyone else is taking their buckets and throwing the water out. Yeah. They just start right. choosing not to. They're actively choosing not to. They're just, like, sailing by on a yacht... Yeah. And leaving us to drown. Yeah. A yacht paid for with our money. Yeah. President Trump said in a tweet that it was, quote, up to the states to distribute the vaccines once brought to the designated areas by the federal government, which uh, fails once again to take any responsibility for um, the situation that happened entirely under his presidency. And under his leadership. Because, you know, he all he wants to do is talk about how he really won the election. I feel like the thing about Donald Trump is he's already given up on having a legacy. He knows it's going to be terrible. And he's really committed to that. He He wants to be known as a terrible person who just left people out to dry. Because he keeps doing it. I, like, I don't pretend to know the inner workings of Donald Trump's mind, but, like, at this point, it doesn't matter what's going through his mind or even what he's tweeting. What matters is that people are still dying because of his lack of action. And it's just... It's disappointing that he is not willing to take responsibility for what's happening. And that he's not willing to step in and help the states actually distribute the vaccines. Because the federal government has the capacity to do that. It Like, the reason why it's so disorganized right now 
the reason why only 2.8 million people have gotten the vaccine instead of the uh, 14 million doses that were, you know, handed out is because you left it to... Oh, God. I was just about to make a Bean Dad reference, but we want to forget about Bean Dad. But, like, you left it to people who don't have the capacity to, to... to do this. Do you think I'll remember who Bean Dad is on Wednesday? I hope not, but I have a feeling people will. I really think the best we can hope for is that the Biden administration is actually ready to go as soon as inauguration happens. Because, moving on to our next segment, Biden. He's the president-elect now. Woohoo! Unfortunately, the recent news about the transition is not really about President-elect Biden um, because democratically elected representatives are taking this bold new stance against democracy in a not-at-all-stunning turn of events for the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. They're just, uh... Yeah. I just, I cannot stand the Republican Party. I... I've disliked them for a very long time, but, like, occasionally I'd respect one or two of them. Not anymore. So, it's, yeah, no. Um, so two days before the runoff elections in Georgia, but that will, you know, determine control of the Senate and whether or not Mitch McConnell has a gavel in his hands, um, Senator David Perdue who is one of the Republicans on the ballot, encouraged members of his party to undermine the will of the voters by trying to overturn President-elect Biden's victory in the November election. It's just, they're playing the hits now. I'm so bored by trying to overturn all of this. Again and again and again. And I just feel like if I were running for office and if I were trying to get people to vote for me, I would not be campaigning on overturning people's votes. Just me, though. Also, I wouldn't be if I was trying to get people to vote for me, I wouldn't be campaigning on this whole thing is rigged. Because if I thought this whole thing is rigged, I'd be like, what's the point and not go out and vote? I, uh, I doubt that uh, Senator David Perdue listens to this podcast, but feel free to take this advice, fam. <laughs> it's, just, it's getting pathetic. I mean, if Senator David Perdue wants to take some advice, I mean, I, like, uh, Senator, kindly, please, go fuck yourself. On to other members of a corrupt party who are completely okay with it undermining our democracy. Quoting the New York Times, Vice President Mike Pence signaled support on Saturday for a futile Republican bid to overturn the election in Congress this week after 11 Republican senators and senators-elect said that they would vote to reject President-elect Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s victory when the House and Senate meet to formally certify it. It's like, I'm not even surprised or angry anymore. I'm just like, again, I'm bored. I'm like, okay, 11 of you aren't going to certify it. 
You're not going to certify the will of the people. I'm not even surprised by that anymore because Republicans have lost all sense of, I don't even know, democracy? All sense of, like, the will of the people and, like, the fact that it's the will of the people that, you know, determines their fate. I'm just going to give, like, once again, small bit of campaign advice to the senators-elect who are doing this. Uh, and will be voting to reject the election results when they formally certify it. I wouldn't do that for an election where you were elected. That, once again, <laughs> seems like a mistake. Just maybe think about this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, also, like, I just want to remind everyone that Americans have longer memories than you think they do. Um, Joe Biden in this past election cycle, was asked about his Iraq war vote. That happened in, like, what, 2001? 2002? He was asked about Anita Hill. That happened before we were born. The 1994, also the 1994 crime bill. Like, the American people and responsible journalists will ask you about this for the rest of your political career. Like, this will follow you. And as always, as a political operative, I work out of two things. Hope that we can build a better future and spite for you personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do have a bit of breaking news on today, January 3rd, 2021, um, as we are recording this podcast. News out of the Washington Post. They have obtained recordings of President Trump pressuring Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to overturn the state's presidential election results. And the recorded hour-long phone call, which, oh my god, a whole hour? That's too long to be talking to President Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, But Trump tells Raffensperger that he wanted to find 11,780 votes in his favor to overturn Biden's win in the state. He also appeared to threaten the Secretary of State, saying that his refusal to comply with Trump's demands would be a big risk. Yeah, um, I listened to some of this phone call, and, um, like, Trump's questions are just absolutely ridiculous at that at this point. He was like, are you sure they didn't shred votes? And then the Secretary of State and the other person he was talking to are like, Yes, we're sure they didn't shred votes. Like, they did not shred votes. And then he's like, okay, but did the the tech company that does the voting machines, did they switch out the machines the day before? No, sir, they did not. But did they, did they change the inside of the machines? No. And it just keeps going and going and going like that. Don't make me pity Brad Raffensperger. <laughs> for doing his job yeah i don't want to do that turns out upholding democracy is a pitiable job <laughs> i mean this year it is this year yeah i think we should also say now that uh brad raffensperger the georgia secretary of state is a republican we will begrudgingly respect Republicans who do their jobs. Yeah. Um, it, 
is this the is the Secretary of State appointed by the governor of Georgia? I think so. The governor who stole the election from Stacey Abrams? Basically or, Brad Raffensperger. Wait, wait. Okay. No, in Georgia you do have to run for Secretary of State. Oh, you run for Secretary of State. Okay. It's not an appointed job. Okay. I was just wondering, because it would just be hilarious if if Brian Kemp had managed to appoint, you know, someone with a little bit of a moral backbone. What happened to those, like, 11 Senate Republicans that were trying to find voter fraud? The President of the United States threatening the Secretary of State about a presidential election and trying to overturn the results sounds like they're pressuring people to commit voter fraud. Like, if we're looking for widespread election fraud, it is right here in front of us. Like, every single stupid thing that President Trump has done the past several years, he just told us what he was doing. Remember when he called up the leader of a different country to try to get dirt on his political opponents, and we impeached him for that. <laughs> I'm so tired of Trump. I'm so ready to, like, I'm so ready for, I'm ready for Joe Biden, not because I'm excited about Joe Biden, but at least, like, we won't have this kind of shit. <laughs> yeah um i think we should now's a great time to move on to our main topic which is setting yes. a progressive agenda for 2021 because good lord it is time to start working on this agenda and making sure it becomes a reality mm-hmm. so um today as we're recording this this is pretty exciting actually um the 117th Congress of the United States of America is being sworn in, um, which is really cool. Like, Cori Bush just got sworn in. Nice. Yeah. Good for her. I like her. Yeah, I like her too. We should also say that Nancy Pelosi is expected to be reelected as House Speaker. I do not believe that has happened yet, uh, but she's going to... Unless something very, very odd happens in the next, like, two hours, Nancy Pelosi will be serving as House Speaker again, and she has said it is going to be her last term as House Speaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything in the news is just saying she's going to win by a slimmer majority than usual, but she's still going to win. Yeah. Which, since the Democrats control a slimmer margin of the house that is all very expected yeah republicans don't want to vote for nancy pelosi to have power which is fair that is in line with their beliefs and i can respect that yeah also like i personally don't really want nancy pelosi to be speaker of the house but i hope in her final term as house speaker she does what we want her to do <laughs> I can live with Nancy Pelosi being the House Speaker. Yeah, That's yeah. fine with me. As of right now, when we're recording, we do not know who will control the Senate. As of this recording, we are waiting for the Georgia Senate runoffs to be completed. 
and by the time we post this episode, if we are lucky, we will know who won. I said that the election we recorded right before the November 3rd election, so if we're lucky, we will know who won. If not, we'll talk about this again next week. Yeah, if not, get ready for yet another election-based episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, like, there is a lot of money flooding into Georgia right now, and I am just very curious about that money and what's going to happen after the election. Yeah. Um, there I can't be everyone... a second runoff, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, Georgia only gets one runoff. Uh, Whoever wins this wins, even if they don't reach a majority. Fantastic. I hope there's enough money to pay whoever runs John Ossoff's TikTok uh, a bonus. I just think they're doing a really good job. (laughs) Wait, is that the one that where, like, I saw one TikTok that, like, it turned him into, like, a Renaissance painting? That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was from the campaign. Wow. They're um, doing an amazing job. Yeah. I I really hope that, like, in addition to the fun TikToks and stuff, like, actual Georgia voters are being reached and, like, all the good stuff is happening and that we will win. I just, I need that. And um, the reason why we need this is because what we are able to get done over the next two years is pretty much entirely dependent on this Georgia runoff election. Um, Because um, if we win these two Senate seats, the Democrats will have a majority in the Senate. Mitch McConnell will not no longer be the the Senate majority leader. Um, And, uh, Democrats will have the House, the Senate, and the White House, which would be huge. I can imagine that we're going to get a lot of things done if we have all three. Um, We'll be able to, you know, undo several of the things that Donald Trump did as president. Mm -hmm. And that would be great. But we'll be able to do more if we have more power. So I thought I'm just going to... So let's take 10 minutes, because I have to edit the podcast, so I am just editing that. <laughs> okay. Let's take 10 minutes to just sort of imagine the best possible scenario. Yeah. So um, the, the first thing that I, wa- I really want in this best possible scenario um, is actual money in the pockets of Americans um, instead of just, you know, $600 after nine months of a pandemic. That would be nice. That, that'd be great. I would really love um, for the progressive Democrats' suggestion of $2,000 a month of a reoccurring payment to happen, which even President Trump endorsed at the end there, which was weird. Yeah, I love m- that. many Republicans seem to want the $2,000, but they seem to not want to vote for the $2,000. Yeah. Um. Which, but we wouldn't need Republicans if we win. We wouldn't need Republican votes. <laughs> uh, we would need to make sure that every single Democrat were signed on to this. 
And if they could also make those $2,000 payments retroactive uh, to the beginning of the pandemic, I'm just throwing it out there as an idea, but I would like it because we have all lost so much this year. People have lost jobs. People have lost their homes. People have gone into credit card debt just to try to put food on the table. Like, we, we need help and support. Yeah. We can, we can have another moratorium on evictions until after this pandemic is over or um, never because evictions are just disgusting. Yeah. Look, there are a lot of housing problems in the country. There is a complete lack of affordable housing. There is a large homeless population. And if you are evicted once, it is much more difficult to find secure housing. And I just think, first of all, nobody should be evicted. Uh, secondly, nobody should be evicted during a pandemic where it is important for everybody to stay home. Um, third thing, being evicted at any point should not make it more difficult to find housing in the future, especially if you were evicted during a pandemic. What the hell, guys? Yeah, we saw major job loss in this country the, like in 2020 because of the pandemic so i like it's like there's a very clear line between pandemic and people not being able to afford rent and then being kicked out of their homes and then making the pandemic worse because they cannot stay home and the fact that that hasn't been fixed yet is ridiculous but hopefully something will happen there um i also think we would like things passed that have overwhelming support among the American people, like gun control and universal background checks, a thing that over 90% of Americans all agree is a thing we should already have. Yeah. Gun owners, people who like guns, want this because then they can actually back up all their statements about responsible gun ownership and all that jazz. Um... Yeah, I just, it's, there are so many things that are so easily preventable, like school shootings, because if you don't have access to guns, you can't have school shootings, um, that I just, that are so, that will so easily be able to get done, that haven't been able to get done since 20, like, nothing's been able to get done in Congress since, I think, 2012, when uh, during, or no, when was that midterm election? Was that the 2012 election? Or 2010? Yeah. Um, Since, yeah, for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, the Obama's first midterm election is when Republicans got control of... <sighs> God. They got control of the Senate, was it? Yeah. And then never let it go. This is the first time in 10 years that we'll actually be able to get anything done. Like, we will be able to pass a tiny bit more healthcare reform. I know Joe Biden doesn't believe in Medicare for all or whatever, but we will be able to get something done on there. Oh my god, speaking of things that Biden isn't totally sure what he believes about, canceling student debt. Yeah. Yeah. His con so he has shifted the conversation 
which I think is a good thing from will I cancel some debt on my own as an executive decision or will Congress cancel student debt? And, and it's not a conversation anymore about if we will ever get student debt relief. It is going to happen. We are going to do it one way or another. But I would prefer it to be a legislative thing that is being done, and also I would prefer all of my loans to be forgiven. Yeah, that would be great. Everyone else too, but if it's a specifically Katrina Ames act, that's fine. <laughs> but like the thing with Joe Biden is that he has always been the center of the of the left, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if all the Democrats in the House and all the Democrats in the Senate can pass a bill, he will sign it. Because that means most Democrats agree on a thing. I think Joe Biden is willing to sign whatever we can get put in front of him. So yeah. making sure that we get control of the Senate, making sure that we do not let our representatives forget that they work for us, mm-hmm. and they need to push this agenda, it means that we will get a lot more done than we just will with a Biden presidency alone. Yeah. Um, And I think that leads next into the next point, which is climate action. The Green New Deal, uh, like uh, Joe Biden has said again and again that he doesn't, he's not going to do the Green New Deal. But um, I think four years or even these next two years before midterms is a long time to shift the conversation about the Green New Deal into something extremely good and positive, which is what it is. Um, And, you know, get it, get the Green New Deal passed and put on his desk. Joe Biden loves trains. (laughs) Pete Buttigieg, our possibly new uh, Secretary of Transportation, could give us (laughs) high-speed rail. I have opinions better, on Pete Buttigieg being the transportation secretary, but that's a different podcast we're episode. We're going to keep moving. Um, but um, we're going to chug along. <laughs> um, like, we could, we could get the Green New Deal in small bits and pieces that we have to fight for instead of passing it all at once, but if I can get it done in four years, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. I guess speaking of Pete Buttigieg, who is the first openly gay member of the cabinet, I think we should pass the Equality Act this year. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Let's have let's, equal rights. Yeah, let's, uh, let's say that discrimination against queer people is bad. Let's do that. It's not just bad. It'll be illegal. <laughs> illegal, even. Cake Lady can no longer say, I don't believe in your right to get married, so... Screw you, I won't make you cake. I mean, she can, but... (laughs) But we can sue her for it. And it'll have a big change in the public sector in places like public schools and ensuring that every LGBT student is treated fairly and not discriminated against because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And the gender identity part is so important right now as the conversation about around trans people is just a disaster um it just oh god lesbians aren't disappearing i'm right here i promise um it's just it's so funny (laughs) as an audio joke (laughs) (laughs) 
It's okay. Um, what else do we want? Um, I want healthcare to be easy for me and also not tied to my job. Yeah, that'd be nice. I signed up for healthcare very recently, as plenty of other Americans did, because we wait until the last minute in this country. Yep. I could have done it earlier. I knew I should have done it earlier, but then I didn't do it. I think uh, including mental health care in any sort of health care bill should happen. Um, and also, uh, this is a non sequitur, but I really want there to be not endless war. I really want endless war to stop. I really want um, the U.S. to like stop backing a war in Yemen that for us is more about oil than anything else. You know, things like that. I don't think we can get like peace in the Middle East or anything, but like we could get like a little bit more peace. That'd be neat. By not like actively being the aggressors. Yeah. 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 We can't control what anyone else does, but we can stop this now. Uh, that was 10 minutes of a progressive agenda that we want. Can I just sneak one last thing in? Go ahead. Okay. Um, we pay a shit ton of money to the military. A crap ton. More than any other country. We don't need to do this. We can put that money elsewhere in the budget. We don't need to be buying tanks on tanks on tanks. Plus, if everybody has universal health care... Part of the military budget will just be providing the military members and veterans with health care because everyone will have health care. Yeah. It'll be great. Let's spend more on that. Yeah, can we, can we just please stop spending money on war and the military-industrial complex? Please and thank you, Democrats. Okay, so that, that is our progressive agenda for 2021 and beyond. I think we're going to be able to get it done. Yeah. It's also it's also a pretty nice gay agenda. It's Everything we do is a gay agenda. Everything we do is a gay agenda. I wanted to I make really a gay agenda this. joke, but it didn't really, like... Yeah. yeah. It was okay. It didn't really go. It's fine. That's okay. Um, I think so, it is a drop, though. Thank you. Uh, Katrina, how can we act? By the time this episode goes out, it's going to be too late to do anything about the Georgia Senate runoffs. So I'm sorry if you didn't get involved, but we have been telling you to do it for like two months. So maybe that's on you. <laughs> but no matter what the outcome is, we are all going to be prepared to fight for the future that we want and push people to the left towards real progressive and structural change. Yes. Um, look, it's the beginning of the year. It's a new year. It's a perfect time to commit to change. You probably already decided to change like five things in your life. And you'll only end up changing one, but that's all right. <laughs> hey. I set too many goals again this year. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, I just have my like plan for the January projects, like crafting projects in front of me here, and it's a very long list. I said I was going to learn to knit a sweater this year, and then I cried reading the instructions. We'll talk to Anne. She just finished knitting a sweater in a month. 
But she was also that's procrastinating me. writing her thesis proposal, so that's why. Oh, yeah. If I were writing a thesis, I could totally <laughs> learn how to knit a sweater. <laughs> it's, it's the beginning of the year. Gather up some of your friends virtually, and here's what you're going to do. You are going to bombard your representative's office with requests for an issue you care about. You want to make marijuana legal? Bother them. You want... You and your friends want to, like, get LGBT rights passed? Great. Tell them. Every day. Or, like, once a week, get your friends together for, like, a happy hour and drunk dial your senators. No one can stop you. <laughs> just, just don't get so drunk that you're, like, uh, slurring your words and stuff. Like, get tipsy enough that you have the confidence to yell at your senators about the things you want done. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit tipsy. You, you just want to make sure that it's fun. You remember what you're saying. And what you're saying is what you want to say to them. Don't drink if you're underage, please. We are not endorsing that. Just and don't. Case. Yeah, please, please drink responsibly. Um, okay, and uh, the last thing. The last thing you can do to act is to not act it's to stay the fuck home yeah. yeah no please stay home please if you can i know some people you like you need you have jobs and you need to like get paid and you need to go to work and all but like if you're lucky enough to work from home please stay the fuck home if you are um I don't know. It like if you're not if you're going to your job, also stay home when you're not at your job because you know, safety and stuff. <laughs> I don't as as much as you can, stay home. Yeah, I know some people have, you know, gone on vacations and stuff in the last couple weeks. Um if you have left to go on a vacation or meet other people or whatever in these last few weeks because of the holidays, I'm not going to berate you for doing that as much as I want to. I will kindly request for you to quarantine for 14 days and get your COVID tests and wait four days after you get home to get your COVID test because it like the, the virus needs to multiply in your body before you before it'll actually show up as a positive and like please follow the rules and get your test and quarantine and all the good things we can't control what anyone else does during this pandemic we really can't i would love to but we can't so the best we can do is do the things that we are supposed to do inform our friends our neighbors our loved ones about what they're supposed to do and then just do it stay yeah. home just wash your hands find like a, a cute hobby to keep yourself at home and wear a mask again wear a mask. bake some bread or whatever are people still baking bread it's a bit cold to bake bread in most of the country but I feel like there's gotta be someone that just got really, really good at making bread, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I have a family friend, actually, who has been making a lot of sourdough, and 
um, she sent us some jalapeno sourdough and olive sourdough, and it was so good. That sounds great. Yeah. Moving on to some good things. What's your good thing this week, Norelli? I baked a good cake yesterday, um, because it was my mom's birthday, and, um, I haven't had a lot of time to, like, bake things or anything. I usually bake quite a bit more this holiday season, but I didn't really get a chance to, because work, um... And uh, I, and also I was hand making my family's Christmas presents because I have a death wish, um, <laughs> and I was working till New Year's Eve, like eleven thirty on New Year's Eve. I finished my mom's Christmas present, um, not not New Year's Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. But um, yeah, I got to bake a good cake. It was a, it's a vegan chocolate cake, and it was very very good. And I was just really proud of myself for that. I'm proud of you, too. Thank you. So my good news is that while we were on our two-week holiday break, I moved. Yay! I live in a new place now. And it's bigger. It is bigger. It's better. I don't hate the landlords with a deep contempt. Yay! Yeah. It's, it's nice. They seem like ethical people who are following all of the laws that landlords are supposed to be following in the place that I live. Yay. That sounds like a significantly better situation than the one you were in before. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Outside of our personal good news, we do have one last piece of political news, and that is a record 3 million Georgia voters cast their ballots before early voting ended for the U.S. Senate runoffs. That's a lot of people. Almost 5 million people voted in the presidential election in Georgia in 2020. So we've got, turned out, more than half of the electorate. That's incredible. And that's assuming that the same amount of people vote. Yeah. And quite frankly, more or less people will probably vote. It'll probably be a different number. Runoff elections are weird. They really are. Also, like, it's a weekday in January. Like, it's, I mean, election day is a weekday in November, which isn't much better. And at least it's Georgia, so it's, like, not, like, in the 30s. But still. Thank you, Georgia voters. Uh, no matter what you end up deciding, thank you for exercising your right to vote. We appreciate it, and we hope that you continue to vote in the future. Honestly, thank you for tolerating all of the ads that you've gotten. So proud of you for getting through it. And all of the mailers and all of the telephone calls. <laughs> it's a lot, but y'all did it. Y'all voted. That's amazing. Finally, Norali, what is our mango fact today? So our mango fact is actually a mango story time. Um, because mangoes are a massive part of, um, South Asian culture and, uh, our mythology and religions and folklore all have mangoes in them. So this is a Hindu story about mangoes. Um, so the story goes that in one of the oldest myths, the mango is said to be the daughter of the sun god Surya. One day, upon falling on the ground from a mango tree, 
the mango turned into the beautiful princess Sudiobai. Charmed by her beauty and grace, a king fell in love with her and vowed to marry her. On seeing the newly wedded couple, the king's first wife cursed and turned the princess into ashes. It is said that out of the ashes rose another magnificent magnificent mango tree, and when one of the fruits fell to the ground, the princess got reincarnated. The king also recognized the princess as his bride from the previous birth, and the couple reunited. It's a a love story of sorts. That was so much. (laughs) (laughs) The king was already married? Well, yeah, kings had multiple wives. And then he wives. married a mango? He, ma- he married a princess that was a mango. I guess <laughs> I'm happy for them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for the ex-wife who... Or the first wife, not the ex-wife. Um, who was like, um, excuse me, I'm still here. I know this mango princess is, like, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, but, like, hello. And then the first wife curses her, curses the princess, and turns her into Ash. And, like, the first wife is like, well, I got what I wanted, and then she didn't because... because the princess is a mango and just regrew as another mango. And became a princess again. Yeah. I do kind of feel for the first wife. I feel like a lot of this could have prevented with, like, counseling. Uh, Yeah. Open discussion and communication. But you know what? (laughs) That's fine. This story probably isn't real, so... I will say to any mango farmers, be careful when a mango falls to the ground it might turn into a princess. You never know. Yeah, if a mysterious girl sprouts up from your mango tree, maybe don't marry her if you're already married anymore. That, that, I don't think that'll fly. Yeah. Get a divorce yeah. first. <laughs> um, so, uh, with that, where can we find you, Katrina? Uh, you can find me at Katrina Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Norelli? You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on uh, Twitter, mainly YouTube, sometimes Twitch, which I I am going to stream again eventually, probably this week. I do have a lot to get done. Um, <laughs> you can also uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash on your left pod, and you can also check out our bookshop.org link at bookshop.org slash bookshop.org slash shop slash shop I don't like the way that comes out of my mouth bookshop.org slash shop slash on your left pod and as always you can always find updates about the podcast on twitter at on your left pod also share the podcast um after this episode with uh beautiful mango story and also a lot of a lot of other stuff um you know you want to share this with all your friends you need to talk about that mango story with someone you can't just let that sit there in your mind you need to discuss this 
This has been the On Your Left episode all about our progressive agenda for 2021 and what we hope going into the new year. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.